you guys doing? Fantastic. It's such an honor being with you guys. Uh, it's just been, I just love, I love watching you guys worship. I love watching you guys go for it. I'm so grateful for the band. I'm so grateful for Justin's leadership. And uh, can we just give it up one more time for these guys? I'm telling you. Consistently, they get here at 5.30, 5.45 every Sunday morning. And um, it's, that's just early. Uh, I, don't, I don't care who you are. That's early. So anyway, and welcome also to Barefoot Sunday. Today, um, we are going barefoot. And I know some of y'all like, Pastor, you go barefoot every Sunday. Um, so hashtag haters going to hate. Um, but today, um, one of the things that we ask you guys to do is to bring your old shoes. And we're going to do, uh, we're actually giving souls for souls. And uh, uh, they are recycling these. A lot of these are going to be going uh, to different parts of the world, different countries, that people who have no shoes. So uh, I'm grateful for those who are participating in that today. And thank you so much for being willing to go barefoot uh, and so that we can be able to give to other people who are less fortunate. Uh, by the way, um, we're going to continue to have those. I know today's the 23rd, and some of you are like, well, maybe it was a different day or something. We're going to, if you want to bring those by the office, if you even want to bring those by even the next couple of weeks, we'll take those so that we can be able to pick your old shoes. My wife, I woke up at like 5.15 today to get ready. My wife, she like sprung up. She said, I got to go through my closet. I've got too many shoes. And that's when I said amen, but I'm not going to do that. By the way, she is uh, leading worship and playing piano at another church today, a Nazarene church here in town. So I'm a little free burden it, so uh, I may get off my notes and may get in trouble. <laughs> All right, so we are in a series called Happily Ever After where we're talking about marriage. And when my wife is not here of 22 years and not in the room, uh, it's going to be a scary time for all of y'all and me. So because she uh, listens to the podcast and uh, I think she was actually watching live online, which I don't even know how you possibly do that while you're leading worship in another church. But uh, anyway, um, I, I, I want to just say this. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming because uh, I am talking about something that I'm not perfect on. I know some of you are here and you're thinking, well, in order for, to be able to talk about something like this, that you have to be an expert on it. And I can tell you the only expert th thing that I am in is an expert of how not to do stuff. Uh, I've been married for 22 years, and I feel like our marriage has gotten better over the past 22 years, uh, but there's still times where I just really stink it up, and so does my wife. And out of that 22 years of marriage, we've had some 20 happy years. Anyway, um, last week uh, we talked about the whole idea of the, the marriage myth. And we talked about last week that so many times we have the marriage myth of the one and that if you, if you find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, then everything's going to be all right, right? And we talked about how that's not the case at all um, because there is no Mr. or Mrs. Right. Um, today, I want to talk about this premise, and it's going to be up on the screen, and it's simply this. To, to, to really be fulfilled in life, you have to find the one. To really be fulfilled in life, you have to find the one. Now, I know that seems kind of contradictory from last week, but in a minute, it won't be, and you'll really kind of understand this. Um, because the whole myth of, you know, if you find Mr. and Mrs. Right, then everything's going to be all right. Things aren't all right, because marriage in America is not all right. And some of you are thinking, you know, that's me. I mean, it's not all right. Let me give you some statistics from a book called Sexual Detour by Dr. Holly Hine. And these are statistics that are not made up. Uh, these are statistics that are proven. Let me just show you the first one. 
nearly 70% of married men and 60% of married women have affairs. Just let that sink in. Seven out of ten men in here have had affairs, and six out of ten women. That's that's just scary. Let me go to the next one. Um, In the United States, less than half of couples who marry will make it to 15 years of marriage. Less than half. So if, we, if I married you today, if I married two people, one of you would make it to year 15 in your marriage and the other wouldn't. Let me give you another one. Every 10 to 13 seconds, another couple divorces. And this is a t- statistic that we talked about last week, that 50% of first, time, first marriages end in divorce. Of second marriages, 67% end in divorce. In third marriages, 73% of third marriages end in divorce. I had somebody say, you know, what about fourth marriages? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they get married and get divorced the same day. I don't know. I just know things are not moving in a good trend. Can we all agree with that? It's not moving in a good trend. And I would say if we could just all be honest and kind of take our fake smiles and our fake everything off, there were some, probably some marriages in here that are not doing well as well. I'll tell you, this past year of marriage for my wife and I, we've had some struggles. We went to go see a counselor. And there's nothing, uh, there's nothing weak in saying, you know what, let's just talk through this. Let's talk about this. Um, I think the weakness is displayed when you don't talk about it and you don't reach out to people and you don't talk about those issues. I mean, let's just take this statistic, 50% of marriages in a divorce, and let's apply this to other areas of our life. What if I said that tomorrow, and I know this is a little weird, but just hang out with me for a second. What if I said that tomorrow... 50, that there is a high percentage of bear attacks here in Clarksville. That 50%, give or take, you got 50% chance of getting mauled and eaten by a bear. I know. I was like, yes. I, some of you are like, I mean, how would you, how would you, what would you do with your kids tomorrow morning? Would you kiss them, make their lunch? Listen, are, are you okay? I mean, do you have your running shoes on, right? I mean, and hear me, to, to, for, to, for the whole bear thing, you don't have to outrun a bear, right? You just have to outrun the next person, right? That's the that's point, right? But I, see, you probably wouldn't do that. You just probably wouldn't kiss your kids and say, I hope you make it. Hope to see you tonight right? No, you would, you would put them in, a, in, a, in, a, in armor. Uh, you would maybe drive them to school. You would probably say, you know, we're going to do something differently because the 50% getting mauled by a bear, that's a big deal. Or what if I said this, that tomorrow you have a 50-50 chance of getting in a terrible car wreck. 50-50 chance. Now, if I said that, you would probably drive a little bit differently tomorrow, wouldn't you? You would probably, uh, you would probably wouldn't be texting and driving. You, you probably would do the speed limit. Uh, you, in fact, you would, uh, I mean, you, you would be, pre- you would wear your seatbelt, and you would may even wear a helmet, right? Because if I said, I mean, one out of every two people are going to get in a car wreck, you would do things differently. Well, let me tell you, I am applying that statistic of marriage to us today, and it's my goal to do anything and everything short of sin to get you from beating these statistics. Because I've got to be honest with you, 
I've been a pastor for, I've been in the ministry for 25 years. I've been the pastor of this church since we launched it back in 2007. So we're going on year eight. And I got to be honest with you, nothing breaks my heart more than sitting across the table from some or two people, one or two people whose marriage is getting ready to end. Because nobody plans on divorce, right? just doesn't happen. Nobody says, you know what, I can't wait to get married next week because in eight years, then we're going to say, I don't anymore, and we get a divorce. Nobody plans on that. But it happens all the time. It does. So let's look at today. Let's try to, as we dig through this series, let's try to figure out what we can do differently so that your marriage doesn't end up, end up as a statistic. All right? So if you're really going to be fulfilled, you have to find the one. Now, somebody asked Jesus one day, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? You know, there was the Ten Commandments that God gave, and then the Pharisees, the really religious people, they came up with 600 more commandments so that they wouldn't break the Ten. Isn't that how religious people are? Dear Jesus, right? So they had now 610 commandments, and somebody goes and asks Jesus, which one is the most important? And in Matthew chapter 22, starting at verse 37 and 38, Jesus answered that question, and he said, here's the most important commandment. Jesus replied, you must, here's the first one, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. How are we supposed to love God? With all of our hearts, and all of our soul and all of our minds. Quick question, what's the repeated word in all those three of those phrases? All. So my question is, do you love God with your all? All right, that's a little too convicting. Let's move forward. All right, then he says this. This is the and commandment. This is the first and the greatest. And then he goes on and he says this. The second one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God is first. Love your neighbor second. God is first. Your neighbor is second. God is what? First. Your neighbor is? God is what? First and greatest commandment. So one of the things that I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the priority. What should be the priority in your life and in your marriage? And just as we talked about last week, that if you find the one, then everything's going to be all right. Let me tell you, if you're expecting a person to complete you, that Jerry Maguire moment we talked about last week, right? You had me at hello. If you're expecting a person to be able to complete you, let me tell you, they will never complete you. They will never, ever fill the void in your life. You're asking them to do something that they are incapable of doing. And that's one of the, probably the, one of the biggest reasons why so many marriages end with, with expectations that get dashed on the rocks and frustration is because we're expecting our spouse to be something for us that they cannot be. And the only person who can complete you is God because he made you, right? He made you so well, and he knows you so intimately that unless you put God, the one, as the one, the priority, everything in your life will crumble. And that's what we're really digging down into today. See, Jesus said the first and the greatest commandment, you are to love God what? First, and love the neighbor, your neighbor second. That's it. 
And that's our big idea, right? God is the one and your spouse is the two. God is the one and spouse is the two. Now, some of you are thinking, I want to be number one in his life. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because let me tell you, if you, expect, if you want to be number one in his life, then again, you're asking him and he's asking you to do something that they are incapable of doing. You want a man who loves you? Let me tell you, that you find a man who loves Jesus Christ and he will love you. And it will be a love that you will, you will want to put on to Barry White. Right? It will be a love that you will, it will, it will just be amazing love. But he must have Jesus as number one and vice versa, ladies. You must not make him number one, but you need to make God your number one and your spouse number two. Put up that big idea. Let's say it together. God is the one and your spouse is the two. Let's say it again. God is the one and your spouse is the two. Here's what I want you to do. Those who are married, y'all go ahead and turn to one another. All right, go ahead, grab each other's hands. All right, come on now, come on. All right, and here's what I want you to say. Baby, God's number one and you number two. Let's do it one more time, but you got to do the baby. All right, here we go. Baby, God's number one and you are number two. Let me tell you, all right, y'all quit necking and y'all look up here. Okay, here's the thing about that. You want your spouse to prioritize God more than anyone because to be really fulfilled in life, you have got to find the one. And that one is not a person. That one is Jesus Christ. That one is Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, today for the rest of the day, we're going to be in a book uh, in the very uh, beginning of the Bible, it's called Genesis, and the word Genesis literally means beginnings, all right? So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of Genesis. If you don't have your Bibles, we give away for free here at One Church. Pull out your phone, and you can go on version. and I know what some, some of y'all are on Facebook, and you know what? Everybody will think you're very spiritual because you got your phone out, but that's all right. I'm not, hate, I'm not hating, all right? So go ahead and get out your phones, get out your Bibles, and turn to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. And here's what's so cool. In Genesis chapter 1... There was no time, there was no space, there was no planets, there was nothing, right? And then it said, God, in the beginning, God created. And God starts getting on this creating spree. And he says, he created um, the heavens, and he said, it is good. And then he said, he created the earth, and it is good. And then he created uh, the water, and it is good. And he separated the water from the land, and he said, it is good good. And then he put fish in the ocean and he said, it is good. And then he put animals on the land and he said, it is good, right? And then uh, he made dogs and he said, it is good. And then he said, well, I didn't make these cats. Who made the cats? So <laughs> may have been Satan. I don't know. It's second opinions. It's in your Bible. All right. But you know what? He gets to man and he makes man and he said, it is good. And all of these, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. Well, in Genesis chapter 2, we come to the very first part where God says it is not good. It is not good. And this is what he says. 
Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Stop right there, ladies. How many of y'all have ever left, went out of town, and left your man at home, and you got back and things were not good? Yes, Lord. Right? Some of you, I mean, in fact, let's just be honest, guys. If it wasn't for our ladies, we wouldn't shower. We would wear the same clothes over and over again. And you would never change the sheets. Right? Let's just be honest. I just would. I'll never forget when I was in, in college going to Austin P. me and a friend of mine, Philip, uh, we were living together. And we had this little apartment. And I remember one time my, my Kim, who I was dating her, she came over. She wanted to use the bathroom. Yes, Lord. Or should I say, no, Lord. All right? She went into the bathroom, opened it up, and I can't make this smut up. There is hair everywhere. It's like a Sasquatch blew up. And there is fungus and mushrooms growing on the tiles. Right? I didn't, it didn't bother me. Right? I mean, that, it, it felt like a carpet underneath my feet. Uh, some of you are going, all right, I'm just telling you. Right? Uh, women, it is not good for the man to be alone. And let me just say this. At this point, the man had a perfect relationship with his creator. Sin had not entered into the world. He had such an intimate, close relationship with God, a, a relationship that you and I have never, ever experienced because we're sinful. We got our junk. Adam didn't have any junk at this point. He didn't. He had a perfect relationship with the one who made him, and God said, something ain't right. Something ain't right. It is not good for a man to be alone. God figure it out. Hey, you've got a problem. Uh, women, how many of y'all, don't, don't say it. Your, your man got a problem. Oh, okay, Ben. All right. You said it, man. All right, cool. So I want, so God figured out you got a problem. He says this, I will make a helper who is just right for him. All right. Then let's keep on going. Verse 21. So the God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Let's just go back. Go back to that last verse. And I want to just walk you through some of the verbs. God did what? He caused. um, God took. God closed. Keep on going. God made. And God brought. Quick question. Whose idea was marriage? Was it man or God's? God's. You see, God says you've got a problem, and then he went and he fixed the problem. God made, God caused, God brought. Marriage is not our idea. It's God's idea. And then he says, and he closes in this, in verses 24 and 25. He closes. I ain't closing. He says this. God says, for this reason, a man will leave. Everybody say leave. That's what we're talking about today. Leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And then the next verse, the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. And these are the verses we're going to be looking at over the next two to three weeks. Because, I I go back to that last one, that word uh, uh, leave. The word leave, the Hebrew word for leave is azab. Azab. Can you say that with me? Azab. Now say it like a pirate. Azab. All right, very good. And the word azab literally means to loosen. It means to relinquish. It means to let go of what you're holding and commit to something new. 
It means to let go of one thing and commit to something else. Today, we're talking about priority. Priority. Let me say this. Some of you may not know this, but God should always be the number one. And even when you're not married, those who are single in here, you know who should be number two? Your parents. Your parents should be number two. The, the relationship should make your priority should be God. But if you're not married, your, your relationship that should be number two should be parents. Now, here's the thing. You will always honor your mom and dad. But when you get married, you remove them from number two, and they become something else. Three, four, six, fifteen, I don't know. Okay? You still honor them. But number two is your spouse. It's like this. You azab, you, you let go, you relinquish. If we are on a, trampe- a trapeze, right, and you've got somebody on a trapeze who's swinging, and then you've got another person over here swinging, right, and that person on this trapeze is, is hanging on with their knees, and they're hanging on to you, and you azab, you let go, you relinquish, and then you come over and you grab a hold of The other person, you let go of your parents and you grab onto your spouse. Let me tell you, I have counseled so many couples who have never let go of their parents. I mean, I've got a friend of mine who's been married for over 20 years. One of their biggest issues in their marriage still today is he has never, ever let go financially of his parents. His parents are still coming in, still saving, still paying, still doing this. And it's kept him from not really from leaving his parents and cleaving and uniting to his wife. Let me tell you, I've seen this so many times. I've seen ladies never ever let go of her home. And if you don't let go of your home, you can never ever create a new home. Uh, guys, I mean, some of you are in the military. You left your parents a long time ago. But your issue is not your parents and leaving your parents. Your issue is your buddies. And you go and you hang out on Monday night, and Tuesday night you do this, and Wednesday night you do this, and Thursday night you do this, and then you get married, and guess what you do? Now you just have sex, but you still go out on Monday night, you still go out on Tuesday night, you still go out on Wednesday night. You have never, ever left. Your, your friends are more of a priority than your spouse. And it's God is number one, and your spouse is who? Number two. You've got to prioritize that that way. If you don't, if, you, if you're struggling in your marriage, I'm telling you, I can share with you that there is some priority issue somewhere. Either the husband has it or the wife has it or, or both. I promise you, it's always an issue of priority. In fact, Jesus said this about him being number one in Colossians 1. This is, I love these, these verses. It's so cool. Listen to this. Jesus, Paul is writing, talking about Jesus. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Quick question, who is the leader of the church? Jesus. I am not the senior pastor of this church. I am not the head of this church. Jesus died for the church. I really don't want to die for y'all. Right? Jesus is the head of the body, the church, and he is the what? The genesis, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. He was the first person who rose from the dead. Keep on going. So that he himself will come to have, excuse me, uh, what place does he want in your life? Not second, not third, first. 
There's an old song, and I, I quoted this at 9 o'clock, and nobody knew it, but there's this old song that says, Nobody wants to play rhythm guitar behind Jesus. Everybody wants to be the lead singer of the band. Does anybody know that? I expect Mr. Tucker to know that, but does anybody else know that? I don't think they do. I, I'm old. I'm learning this. Thank you, Mom. So here's the thing. You see, Jesus wants to be first. It's like Sterling. He was playing lead guitar. When you play lead guitar, you're up there and you're doing solos. All right? And the spotlight's on you. Now, if you notice, there was other people playing guitar, and they're playing rhythm guitar. And rhythm guitar just does this. There's no soloing. There's no, you know, there's no, none of that. Right? There's no Aerosmith. Right? It's just, right? Nobody wants to do this. Everybody wants to go... I almost killed myself doing that. Just saying. How did you break your leg, Pastor, playing air guitar? Dear Lord, right? I'm just telling you. See, Jesus, he, he, he wants to be number one. He wants to be your priority. And some of you, you're having fights in your marriage right now because Jesus isn't your priority. Some of you are having fights because huh, your spouse isn't your number two. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to say this out loud. It's up here. Actually, go, no, keep on going. I didn't, get, get, didn't finish this verse. I love this. Keep on going. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, invisible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. Keep on going. All things were created by him and for him. Next verse. He is before all things, and in him all things do what? How many of y'all want your marriage to hold together? You better put Jesus first place in everything. Because this is a promise, people. Jesus will hold things together, but you've got to put your spouse's number, excuse me, your God is number one and your spouse is number two. It's just that simple, which leads me to a very simple challenge, all right? All right, let, let's, let's say this together. I promise that God will be my number one priority and my spouse will be my number two. That's it. God won. Spouse, two. Kids, don't even make the top two. <laughs> love your children. I love you kids. All right? I do. But this isn't about kids right now. This is about you. Your relationship with God and your relationship with your spouse. All right? Now, let's get into this. It's like a triangle. You see, if you make God, if you put him first place in everything... The wife, as she gets closer to God, and as the husband gets closer to God, what happens to the distance in between them? It shrinks. It gets smaller. And see, this is what a healthy marriage looks like. A healthy marriage, God is number one, and as you pursue God, you get closer to one another. But here's what happens. Everything wants to clamber for number one. Look at this. See, many times, if we could just be real and honest... Our schedules tell us that our children are number one. Some of you, you are run ragged because you got to take your kids to football practice and then baseball practice on Tuesday, soccer practice on Wednesday, Boy Scouts on Thursday. You take uh, your daughter to, to voice, you take your daughter to piano, there's gymnastics, there's Dear Jesus. And you wonder why everybody's so tired. The kids are run ragged and you ain't got Barry White on with your spouse. Because many times our kids can become number one. And that's never a healthy thing. You remember what we talked about in our parenting series? That 
Child-centered parenting produces self-centered children. It's not good for the kids, and let me just say this. Child-centered parenting produces a child-centered marriage, and what happens when the child leaves? Many times the marriage leaves as well. This is not healthy. All right? Uh, Ladies have a tendency to struggle with that one, but I know some guys who put their kid above their spouse, and it's not healthy. But guys, we really struggle with this one. Jobs and careers. We want to get ahead. Everybody wants to succeed. We want to rank up. We want to get more stripes on our chest. We want to be able to, to get more, and we want to be able to have a better job and a better career so that we can have a better house and a better location and a better, better, better. And we have a tendency to give our best to our jobs and our career. And let me tell you, just be honest with you guys. I'm not here to beat up on you. I spend more time with the, pastor, the pastors of this church than I do my wife. Because I spend at least 40 hours a week, sometimes 50 hours a week, sometimes even more, hanging out with the people that I work with. And I love them. But I have to be even more intentional when I go home that I'm at home. You hear what I'm saying? Some of you, you're like, text me, Pastor, I I need you to counsel me at night. My answer, can't do it. Can't do it. Not that I won't do it. Can't do it. And the reason why is because if I don't prioritize my family... You're not going to prioritize my family for me. You know what I'm saying? Now, we have a counselor who can be able to help you out, and we do that. And sometimes I'll try to, we'll do whatever we can, but I've got to protect my family time because if I don't, nobody else will. Because I will become a workaholic, and I will lose my family. And my children will grow up hating church because I spent more time with the bride of Christ than my bride. All right, let me give you another one. So many times we have a tendency to struggle putting the church first. And again, I've grown up in churches where they had Sunday morning church, and you had Sunday school, and you had Sunday evening church, and then you had Tuesday night visitation, you had Wednesday night subject training, and then you had Thursday night, whatever. I don't know. But I'm telling you, and I'm not knocking any of those churches. Those are great churches. But we have got to be careful not to make the church our priority. It's God first and spouse second. And some of you ladies... I mean, you can't go home and ever be intimate with your spouse because the only thing, you're just always at church all the time. You need to put God number one, and making the church number one isn't making God number one. That's something totally different. So I'm just going to call you out on that. And then the next one is this. Guys, we struggle with this one, hobbies. Right? I mean, football season's coming. I know we're all excited. I love some college football. Love me some college football. But let me tell you, if you're always putting sports and hobbies and other things above your spouse, if it's like, okay, honey, I'll talk to you, but I got to rank up first. Right? That's not healthy. Here's what a healthy marriage looks like God is first place, and our spouse is second. It's that simple, and let me tell you, it's that difficult. It just is. God is to be your number one priority, and your spouse is to be your number two. And again, I'm telling you, guys, if I would ask you the question, how many of you would say, you know what, somebody shows up at your house and says, I'm going to kill somebody. It's either going to be you or your kids or your spouse. Guys, how many of you would say, I'd take the bullet? Some of you guys are like, I don't, I'm thinking. (laughs) I see, all of us, all of us guys, we're like, I'm willing to die. I'm willing to die for my spouse. But you know what? That's probably never, ever going to happen. But you know what's even better than you dying for your spouse? You know how many times you got to die for your spouse if that happens? That's easy, right? Dying's easy. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, it's just you're dead. 
But you know what's even difficult? Living every day prioritizing your spouse over all your friends, over your parents, over your hobbies, over your career. It's God one and spouse is number two. That's difficult. But you know what? That's exactly what God calls us men to do that. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. He, he gives us an example. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Quick question. How did Jesus love the church and gave himself up for her? That's the answer. How did Jesus love the church? He died for the church. He died for you and me. And not only that, he lived a perfect life for 33 years. So, guys, what God is calling you to do isn't just to die for your spouse, but to every day, moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day, saying, God, you're not on my number one, and my spouse is my number two. That's what Jesus said. Jesus says, you make me number one, and you know what? Things are just going to take care of themselves. In fact, this is what he says in Matthew 6, 33. He says this. Seek what? He didn't say seek second. Seek the 15th. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then there's a promise here. And then all these things, or the word everything. Can you say everything for me? Everything else will be added unto you. See, how many of y'all want everything else added unto you? Let me see your hands. That means we've got to prioritize God. We've got to make God number one, and then after that, we have to make our spouse number two. So I'm going to give you, leave you with a challenge as we close. My challenge for you, whether you're married or whether you're single, and it really doesn't matter. If you're single here, you know what? I, I'm not worried about your number two right now. Let's talk about your number one. Because this is the question we ask. Are you becoming the person you're looking for is looking for? You see, all of us, we want to have a godly wife. In fact, it says in Proverbs chapter 31, a godly wife who can find. Now, her value is worth more than precious rubies. I'm telling you, we all want that woman like that. question is, are you becoming the man like that? Are you becoming what your spouse, what your future spouse is looking for? Is looking for? So my challenge for you, married or single, and it's an easy challenge, but I'm telling you, it's difficult as well. For the next seven days, the next seven days, I want you to spend some time reading God's Word every day. Now, I know some of you are like, I tried that, Pastor, and I just don't get nothing out of it. All right? All right? How many of y'all have ever ate a meal that you didn't like? How many of y'all ever watched a YouTube uh, channel that you didn't like? How many of y'all ever watched a television show you didn't like? Did you stop watching TV? Did you stop eating? Did you stop watching YouTube? No. Some of you are like, yes, I did, Pastor. <laughs> Here's the point. And this does have a point. The point is simply this. You started reading the Bible and you didn't get out of it one day. Okay. Move on to the next day. All right? You've eaten food you didn't like. That didn't say, well, I just stopped eating. Right? That doesn't work like that. So here's what I'm going to tell you. For the next seven days, I'm asking you to read the Bible. Now, some of you are like, well, wh where do I begin? There's, you know, it's one Bible, but it's 66 books. Great question. Somebody texted that question in first service. I would do one or two places. Start in the book of Proverbs. 
The book of Proverbs is the bomb.com. In fact, let me just read you um, a couple of verses from the book of Proverbs. The Proverbs was written by the most wisest person who ever lived, and usually each proverb doesn't really deal with the next proverb. It's kind of like Christian bumper stickers. So listen to this. Um, Christian bumper stickers, all right? It says this. Um, uh, Don't waste your breath on fools, for they will despise the wisest advice. Anybody got some fools in your life? Raise your hands. All right, cool. Stop wasting your breath. Here's another one. Don't, uh, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. That's good. Why? Because in the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. If you're spending all of your time chasing the dollar, it will fly away like an eagle. All right? Um, here's another one. Uh, don't fail to discipline your children. Anybody been to Walmart recently? Dear Jesus. All right, all right. Setting you height. Discipline won't kill them. Physical discipline well, may well save them from their own death. How many of y'all, you working with some co-workers who are adults that you wish their parents would have disciplined them? How many of y'all, you got spouses that, no, we're not going to do that. All right. You see, that's the book of Proverbs. It, 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 you, you read it, read it for seven minutes. Okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? Okay, another one. If you don't want to start in Proverbs, let me tell you, I would start kind of uh, with the New Testament. That we got four different um, uh, stories of Jesus' life from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I would tell you to start in like Matthew or Luke. And man, just get in there and just start reading about God, about Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to warn you, when you get to Matthew chapter 1, you're going to get to this person beget, that person to beget, that person to beget. And you're like, what do I do with that? You move on. Right? You move on. You ate some, you ate some food you didn't like. I've read some part, stuff in the Bible I didn't like. It never stopped me from always just reading the Bible. So dig in it. So I'm going to ask you, your commitment right now, if you are willing over the next seven days to read the Bible and try to make God your number one, let me see your hands. All right, keep them up. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for us. Dear Jesus, Lord, I pray for every hand that's raised right now. God, I pray that we would make you number one and we would make our spouse number two. And if we're not married, that we would put somebody else in that number two spot. But right now, this is about you, God, and it's about us raising our hands saying, I am prioritizing your relationship, our relationship. I'm going to read God's word today and I'm going to read God's word tomorrow and the next day. And when I don't like something, I don't understand something, I'm going to text Pastor Chris or I'm going to get online or I'm going to move on and I'm going to keep on reading, but I'm going to get into your word because that is how I know that you love me. Jesus name that we pray. Amen. Let me just say this. You want, anybody ever want to hear God speak? Go back to a, a verse. I'm, you, I, I t- this morning, you're going to be able to hear God speak today. Y'all ready? Give me a verse. I don't care which one. Seek first the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, you just heard God spoke to you. You're like, no, pastor, you spoke to me. I ain't God. No, I ain't. But let me tell you, God's word is God speaking to you. You see, some of you are like, well, I don't like that. Okay, well, that's a different problem. That's a different problem. But it is, it, if you ever want to hear God speak, all you got to do is crack your Bible and start reading and he will speak to you. Those are God's words. All right, so I'm asking you, prioritize God. Now, some of you, you can't prioritize God because you don't have a relationship with him. 
Let me tell you, the reason why Jesus Christ came to this earth is so that he can have a relationship with you. Because we've got some stuff in our life, the Bible calls it sin, that separates us from God. And the reason why Jesus came to this earth is so that we could build a relationship, we could have a relationship that's being built for what Jesus has done on the cross. So if today, if you're like here and you're like, I'm just not a church person, I'm not kind of a Bible person, I'm not a Christian, um, or maybe you, you were one or whatever that looked like or whatever, but you're just, you're like, today, I want to have a relationship with you. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to invite everybody to pray. And I don't, nobody looking around, just every head bowed, close, close your eyes and every eye closed. I'm just going to ask you to pray to God because God will listen to you. He will. He longs to hear from you. He made you. He wants to be the one in your life. So cry out to him right now and pray a prayer like this. God, I know I messed up. Lord, I need you in my life. I need your life. I know your word says you are the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes the Father except through me. God, I want to come to you through Jesus Christ. So Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my heart, to listen to me, to forgive me. And Lord, I want to start following you today. With nobody looking around. If you, if you long for that, if you prayed for that today, I just want you to just, nobody looking around, just lift up your hand. I'd like to be able to encourage you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Anyone else? I want to make sure I... Look at me. I want to get eye contact with you. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Anyone Thank you, sir. All right. Let me tell you, God wants to be your number one. And what just happened is you entered into a relationship with him. So I'm going to be out at the next step 10. Everybody can look up now. Um, I'm going to be out the next step 10. If you want to come and talk to me about that decision that you made, or if you want to say, Pastor, I don't know where to begin in the Bible, let me help you with that. You're not alone. This is what we're here to do. We want to help you take your next step as you get closer to Jesus Christ. All right.